0: Welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. My name is Adam. I'm the volunteer coordinator here. I'm thrilled that you're here as we're wrapping up this idea and series that we've been talking about called Truly Happy. John's done a phenomenal job in the past three weeks talking about, hey, what does the scripture have to say about this? And how do we experience true happiness and true joy in our lives? And I'm able to come up here and wrap up the series today today. And um, I'm, I'm excited to do so. Gosh, I feel happy, right? Anybody else with me? Man, I'm just feeling happy these days. Like the economy's doing good, gas prices are low, the world is at peace, and I'm you know, not dealing with any of that. Man, I just feel happy. Actually, it's one of those things where I've been on some journeys in my life in the past number of years, and I'm going to tell you some about my journeys today. And even though there's a lot of tension in the world, it's one of those times in my life where I'm able to sit back and I actually am happy right now, which is so interesting because we have these times in our lives where there's varying degrees of happiness and what that looks like, and sometimes we go through bad times and hard times and unhappy times, and then other times we go through times that we really happy. But I want to kind of put a bow on this series today, and I want to talk with you all about potentially what I believe is the crux of everything that we've talked about in the last three weeks. It's the crux from the start to finish of us going, okay, if we could have an underlying cause kind of for all of this, and there's something that's woven through all of it, what is it? And I want to talk about it today. But before we dive into it, allow me to make an analogy to you. Allow me to just give you something that I feel is true, and you probably feel is true if you've studied anything about human beings or human nature in your life. Human beings, right? Human beings, us, are by human nature selfish. Like, I, I don't know if you feel this way, maybe about yourself or maybe about other people. I'm sure you've had some exploration with this word selfish, right? What does this mean and how does this apply to us as human beings? Because I just believe that at the end of the day, that human beings are in our human nature selfish, that at the end of the day, we have this innate desire in us to think about ourselves and to learn about ourselves and to figure out how we can advance more. Those are selfish things in our lives that we do. It's one of those thoughts or ideas that we may even try to fight against to do different things. And, and, and that word, this word on the screen may even mel- make some of us feel uncomfortable. But selfishness is one of those things that is probably present in many of our lives. I'll also tell you this. I also know that being selfish is in whatever way uh, kind of innately in every human being's, almost from the start of life. If you're a parent, you know this. I'm now a parent, so I know this. And I have a toddler, so I'm watching her kind of grow up. She's now two, and I'm watching her experience life, and I say to myself over and over again, this child is selfish. Like, and what, what I'm also learning is, not only is she selfish, but every toddler on planet Earth is selfish. And if you ever watch toddlers play together like even if they're they're friends, right? And they come in and they're playing with the blocks or the puzzle or the stuffed animals or whatever and one toddler takes another toddler's thing, like they're going to burn the place down. I've never seen that kind of behavior before because I've never been a parent before. So I just want to br- show you a small example of this. And so Libby and I in our household, I just want to tell you about something that's really important to us. So I don't know if what's important in your home, but popcorn is really important to us in our home. So I love popcorn. I always have. When I go to the movies, when I go to Walt Disney World, I'm always getting popcorn, carrying around popcorn. You might even know that on weeks that I'm not up here, if you smell the popcorn coming from the IMAX theater downstairs, it's because and I'm not kidding, I've asked them to turn it on and make a batch so that I could have some as we're loading out of DHC and getting all the gear ready to go. I, I, I've done that before. Popcorn's really important to me. My daughter, Libby, Elizabeth Verlong, has adopted this same love of popcorn. Well, one day we just have to be happened to be sitting at the table, and this is an example of selfishness, which I witnessed. She was kind of strapped into her seat at the chair that she was in, And she had eaten her entire bowl of popcorn, but there was one piece of popcorn left that she dropped on the floor. And one of the things that I saw from my perspective was she did not want the dog, Dottie, to get this piece of popcorn. So I brought a video of kind of what her reaction was to the dog getting the piece of popcorn. So I just want to take a look at the screens. This is interesting here. Take a look. dog got the popcorn. And Libby, was not ha- <laughs> Libby was not happy. I don't know if you heard in the background. I was laughing because I'm watching this unfold going, is this how human beings actually are wired? Is this what human beings actually do? And the answer is yes. It's innately in us to have these selfish desires. So what happens as we become an adult? What happens as we grow up? What happens as we look at life differently? Because as adults, we have a choice, right? As adults, we grow up like this and we consistently try to evaluate, where does being selfish fall in my life as an adult? As adults, we have an opportunity to choose selfishness or selflessness, and that's really important. As adults, we choose selfishness or selflessness, and it doesn't really seem Like there's a lot of middle ground in terms of the way that we live. We either choose to be selfish by the things that we do. It's about me and my life and my money and my house and my family and my car and my wants and what I want, or we think of others and we try to filter the decisions that we make in life through others and putting others first in our lives. What's interesting about this is that the Apostle Paul who wrote the book of Galatians, right, talks about some of these things in the book of Galatians chapter 5. And I want to talk about them today. And I love the compare and contrast for living a selfish lifestyle, being focused on yourself versus being focused on others. And I hope to make the comparison effectively this morning. So if you have a Bible, you can open it up to Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. If you don't, that's totally fine. You can look on any mobile device, or as always at DHC, it will be on our screens. Here's what it says. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger selfish ambition it goes on dissension division envy drunkenness wild parties tortuga and any other sins like these i didn't that wasn't in there i added that but but i mean i went to tortuga a couple years ago boy that event has changed a little bit like i was down on the beach yesterday and i was like what anyway let's keep let me tell you again as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. I wanna look at this again because I think there's so much in here and we went through it really quick. So let's go back one slide and let's just let this sink in with you for a second as Paul talks about these things that lead to a sinful nature and a selfish lifestyle. When you follow the the desires of sinful nature, the results are very clear, sexual immorality impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. You want to know what he's saying? And, and, and don't get me wrong, many of us have been in and out of these things throughout our life we fight against them but some of us have just kind of landed here and this is our lifestyle wild parties drunkenness envy jealousy dissension outbursts of anger and this has become the way that we live and Paul says right these are sinful nature let me make it even a little more practical when you do these things you're selfish When you do these things, you're selfish. You're focused on you. You're focused on making your life more interesting. Maybe you think it's going to make it better, but it actually makes it worse. This kind of lifestyle, this thing that Paul talks about, selfishness, it leads to unhappiness. It leads to people who are unhappy. And since we're in the middle of this conversation about what does it actually mean to be happy and does God want us to be happy and how do we find contentment and joy, what we find is when people do the things that Paul's talking about in their life consistently and it becomes a lifestyle that we believe that it leads to unhappiness and we believe it's rooted in selfishness and selfishness itself eventually leads to being unhappy selfishness eventually leads to being unhappy. So we just talk about it like this, especially because, don't miss this, especially because being selfish is something we have to fight against. Being selfish, that's why I gave you the toddler example, is ingrained in every human being from birth. It is just part of who we are. It's our human nature. So what we have to do as adults is figure out how to fight against it how we actually move in an opposite direction of selfishness. So if you want to be truly happy, if you want to be truly happy, you have to work on being selfless, not selfish. How do we consistently wake up in every morning, live every day, organize our life around this idea of less of me? And it's so very extremely hard because here's what I want you to know being selfish is very easy being selfish is oh so easy to just focus on you to focus on the things that you want to do even if they're sinful even if you know you shouldn't even if you know it's an issue for you it's so easy to be selfish but being selfless is so so difficult Being selfless might be one of the most difficult things that you've ever done related to your faith. But here's why God and Jesus, when he walked the earth and the apostle Paul, talked about this because when we're selfless, it leads to truly being happy. And that's the point. That's the whole point of the message today. Galatians, right after the verses that I read earlier about sinful nature and what those things look like. The Apostle Paul talks about what does it look like to almost be selfless? If one is very selfish, okay, Paul, then what does the opposite look like in terms of being selfless? Here's what it says, and you might even have heard this verse before if you've been around church for any length of time, but here's what it says. Galatians 5, 23 But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. These are the fruits of the Spirit. So the scripture tells us that when you cross the line of faith and make a faith commitment to Jesus Christ, who we believe is, is the risen Messiah, when you cross that line of faith and say, yes, Jesus, I believe in you, come into my life, change my life, that the Holy Spirit enters your heart. And because it does, you have the ability to have these fruits in your life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And what happens when we begin to have those traits, what happens when we begin to live that way is that it actually begins to help us live selflessly. These kinds of traits that Paul talks about, the fruits of the spirit, are what enters our heart and life and can become an output of our heart that can help us live the opposite of selfish. It can help us, help us live selflessly. So, all right, Adam, I got the comparison. No problem, no harm, no foul. So, talk to me. What are some things then, because you've given me all these analogies and maybe I struggle with a couple of those first things, but I'm trying to get better. I don't wanna live that lifestyle. Sure, I love these fruits of the spirit, but what are some things that I can actually do that lead to a selfless lifestyle? What are these things that lead to a selfless lifestyle? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm gonna give you three of them because I wrote this this past week and it really just hit me of the most selfless people I know What are they doing that help themselves engage with and live a selfless lifestyle, okay? Now, I just want you to know this. If you don't know anything about the structure of downtown Harbor Church, I don't really work here, okay? So that's important for everybody to know going into this because you know I'm kind of like a pseudo-volunteer around here. I helped start the church a number of years ago. So when they want me to come up and talk about the difficult topics, they toss me up here because I don't really work here. Everybody on the same page? Perfect, okay. The first one is this, things that lead to a heavy lifestyle, giving. They said, take that one. You can talk about the money. And it's important because it's not really about downtown Harbor Church. And you're not even going to really hear us talk about it after that, but it's kind of an internal joke that we have here. Let Adam talk about the money. He doesn't really work here, and it's true. But here's what I want you to know. So Caitlin and I have been married for um, almost 14 years, and even before we got married and we were engaged, we started implementing this principle in our lifestyle that we would always choose to give first every single month, every single week, every single year, that we would choose to give first. And some of it was to churches and organizations that we supported, some of it was to individuals. It didn't really matter where it went, but it mattered that we did it, right? So we chose to give in our lives. And here's what I want you to know. If you don't give, you keep it all for yourself. And that's selfish. Don't miss this, this is really key and important to understand, right? If you don't give and you keep it all for yourself, that's selfish. That's the definition of selfish. Putting it all into you. That's selfish. But I worked for it. Yeah, you did. That's why we have to learn if we want to be selfless, how to at some level give it away. Proverbs 11.4 says this, wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. I believe that one of the very worst things you can do on planet earth is have a love of money. I really believe it's one of the worst things that you can do. Jesus talks about it um, so much when he walked the earth. I believe money can be a good thing if you use it properly, but I believe that the love of money is actually the root of all evil. You look at people who've fallen, even in the church world or in the business world, it's generally surrounded and rooted in one thing, actually probably one of three things, money, sex, power, but money's always that first one. It's so important for us to understand what the love of money can do to our lives. It makes us selfish. I don't really love money. I'm not selfish. All right. But I've heard many people say that to me. Who I've had conversations with. No problem. I'm not really, or I don't really love money. I'm not selfish. I'm not lavish, right? I listen, I work hard. I like nice things, right? It has nothing to do with nice things. It has nothing to do with luxury. Don't misunderstand this. You work hard, buy what you want. This is all that we're this is all I'm saying. You want to say I don't love money? I'm not selfish. There's only one way to prove that you don't. There's only one way to prove that you don't. Give it away. You really want to prove you don't love money? Give it away. Did you hear the story that John told during the announcements? A guy who calls DHC his home told us that story this morning Just in the lobby as our volunteers were sitting around before service, said, you won't believe what someone did for me this week. Handed him a money envelope er, envelope with cash in it, almost the exact amount that he was praying for. It doesn't have to be to an organization. It doesn't have to be to a cause, even though it can be. What would your life look like if you became selfless and you said, I I really want to work on whatever this looks like for our house? In my life, there's only one way to prove that you don't love money. There's only one way to prove you don't love it. Give it away. Then our selfish habits become selfless habits. Number one is giving. Number two, you want to talk about a selfless lifestyle, what I believe Paul is summarizing in the fruits of the Spirit. Number two, put your family first. So let me say, I don't know if you're in this room and you're actually in like a a relationship or you have a family. Maybe you're single, maybe you're divorced, maybe you're dating, maybe you're uh, an empty nester. I don't know where you are in this mix, but I do know that these principles that I'm gonna talk about next um, uh, kind of apply across the board, okay? So you're gonna give, we talked about that. We think that's really important. Number two, we're gonna put your family first. So I'm gonna give you A, B, and C here that I think is important. And, And don't miss this. If you're not in some of the relationships I'm talking about today, maybe you will be in the future. So don't lose this as we go forward. Number one, prioritize your spouse. Prioritize your spouse. So many people get concerned and consumed with the idea that their spouse in their marriage is not the number one priority, okay? Don't miss this. the the house is the priority, the the children are the priority, the jobs the priority. Biblically, scripturally, if you enter into a marriage relationship, the spouse should be the number 1 priority of each other. It's not just the phrase happy wife, happy life, right? you've heard that, goes across the board of wives tr- attempting to keep their husbands happy as well. This is a big deal of, of just people consistently saying yes to each other. I just believe this. I believe that people are confused in our society about marriage and family. Because a lot of times they go, my kids are my priority. I, I, things aren't going well with my husband, things aren't going well with my wife, whatever that looks like in your world, And then so we say, but at least I got my kids. How many times have you heard that? Every time I hear it, I absolutely cringe. Because I believe this, the best thing that you can give your children is a healthy marriage. The very best thing that you can give a child is a healthy marriage at home. It's not a great school. It's not a great house. It's not stability, even though that's all kind of part of it. The very best thing that you can give your children is a healthy marriage. So it's like one of those things where in our house, and maybe this is like your house, where like you have a toddler, and you're supposed to go out on a date night. Or you're supposed to go out on a vacation together, but you can think of any reason not to do it. You can think of any reason to go, that's the money. We don't need to spend it. We went out last month. We went on a vacation last year. You know, the toddler really needs us. I would encourage you to hire a babysitter or bring grandparents down as often as you can to achieve this. Don't abuse the situation. Don't get me wrong. To bring people down to have dates, to have vacations together, to have weekends together. Um, as a couple. And so what happens when the toddler right in front of you is throwing a tantrum on the floor, like screaming bloody murder? I would encourage you to one by one step over their carcass and leave the door because it doesn't matter. The toddler will be fine. The babysitter will handle it. Grandma and grandpa will handle it. You need each other. It leads to happiness. The best thing you can give your children is a healthy marriage. That's A. B. Spend quality time with your children. Spend quality time with your children. Be, be a present parent. Be there. Let your children know that you're there for them, that you're leading them. Proverbs two six. start your children off the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. I hate, even when I travel at times, and I get you know, messages from my little girl, and she says, Dad, I miss you. Like, I'm like, I want to get back. I really want to be present for her. It's important to be present for your children. Letter C, if you talk about your family, it's just as important. I want to hit this for a second. Let Let's see. Bring them to church. Let me hit you with one real quick. Watching church online is not the same as being in this room. It is not. We provide an online option so that people could uh, watch if they're not here or remote from here. And we love people who watch online. We understand all circumstances aren't the same. So I just want to say that right as we start. But I believe that being involved in the local church is selfless. So when you come here every single uh, time that you can, it's actually a selfless act because you're giving up your Sunday. You're, you're spending time with your family. Your children see it as a priority to you. It, it's your one day off. You, you know, you, you, you could have slept in this morning. You could have easily just gone, let me turn on the computer. Let me sleep in. This is a selfless act in being here, which is why. And, and by the way, there are amazing things going on here. If you have not connected yet with people just in the church, John talked about DHC nights. We're, we're hanging out outside after church. Get yourself a LaCroix. Get yourself a coffee if there's any left and just hang out, meet somebody. This is so cool. What's going on here? Even as we head into Easter, be a part of that because I just believe that being involved in church is selfless, it's so good, right, for others. And I I talk to a lot of parents, you wanna know what they say? I love this, this is what they say. I'm coming on this side of the screen because I'm gonna walk across for emphasis in a second. Don't miss, I want my children to be involved in church and make it a priority someday. I I want my children to be involved in church someday and make it a priority but you come once every six weeks. I'm I'm being dead serious. I talk to people all the time that this is the case, but you show up once every six weeks. Listen, I've been on Zoom during the pandemic. I know that I'm not watching on a computer screen like I do when I'm in a live theater. I just know that it's true. You know that it's true. Your kids are not going to do that if you make it a priority once every few months. You have to make it a priority consistently. Gang, here's the deal. We know things happen. Things happen with me. Last Sunday, I was not here. And John called me and said, where are you going to be? And I said, WrestleMania in Dallas, Texas. Get over it. And that's where I was. I get that every week does not mean every week. Boy, was that a show of shows, right? I mean, now I got to tell you something. I got one of those belts to take home. My wife was thrilled when I showed up with that when I came back, all right? But, it, but I, I get every week is not every week. But here's what Caitlin and I said to each other. This is what we said when, when we had Libby. We said, we are going to do whatever we physically can when we are physically in the city of Fort Lauderdale to show up at church. It may not happen every week, but we're going to do everything that we can because we want her to wake up on Sundays when she's five, when she's seven, when she's 10, and when she's 17 and go... I want to go to church because my mom and dad made it a priority for my life. We want her involved in church. We want her serving. We just don't want her going, which is what I'm going to talk about next. Number letter A, uh, prioritize your spouse. B, invest in your children. And then C, bring them to church. Let's go to number three here. Volunteer. I will say this. I think Downtown Harbor Church has some of the best volunteers at any church across this great country. Our numbers in terms of percentages of our church community that volunteers are extremely high. We actually have about 30 to 35 percent of our people who would call DHC home involved in volunteering, which is amazing. Maybe you've said to yourself, I got to get plugged into this. I need to do this. I, I, I have to just cross the line of doing it someday because it's extremely selfless. Let me tell you about our volunteer team. Every Sunday, about 6.45, about eight to 10 of them roll up on a loading dock at the museum. They come in and they load in. That's what we call it. They put all this stuff up on this stage and outside and with our kids program and that you see because they're doing something. They're making their life in that moment not about them. They're giving it to a cause bigger than themselves. That's what I do every Sunday morning as well. I'm here ready to roll. 1 Peter 4, verse 10 says this. It says, each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Volunteering, Volunteering is essential to your selfless journey. Volunteering is essential to your selfless journey. It's so important to what you do every single week. Volunteering is, in fact, your moment in your faith from moving from selfish to selfless. What do you mean? What do you mean? I, I, I thought I was showing up. I thought I was doing what I needed to do. Yes, that's very important. But you know, for some of you, maybe it's time as you look at what does it mean to be truly happy? It's time for you to get in the game. It's time for you to get off the bench and to go, I love coming and sitting at DHC. You can still do that but it's time to get in the game and it's time to be a part of the team and serve. I was having a conversation with a guy who's become one of my great buddies, right at the door, right as second service was about to begin. And I said to him in just a real authentic way, I said, I just love being here on Sunday so much. It's not about the message or about the stage or the music or the kids where, it's just about people and just engaging with each other. I just love it every single week. It was such a core, important part of my journey from moving to selfish to selfless. And if you say yes, just like related to giving, don't complain about it because if you complain about volunteering, it's not the same as doing it just outright. It's so important for us to realize that. It's so important for us to go, this is a part of me and who I'm becoming, giving back to a community, giving back to a group of people. Think about this. What happens if you just said yes? And by the way, if you do want to volunteer, you can do that by scanning that QR code on those giving boxes on the way out or it was on the screen. You can go to our website, soflowchurch.com. I personally will be in touch with people who want to do that as a part of our church. But think about it. What would happen if you thought about volunteering is every time you showed up, every moment that it happened, that God may use those moments to write a bigger story. Who knows who you could talk to? Who knows who you could engage with? Who knows what you could do if you actually said yes to begin on this selfless journey? The crux of the entire Christian faith is about this. The crux of the entire Christian faith is teaching us to die to self. It's not about you, it's not about your money or your drunken parties or your anger, or your jealousy, or your aggressiveness. Aren't you tired of living that way? I was. I didn't want to live that way anymore. And I'll never forget a question that it felt like God asked my heart. And I knew that I needed to do something about it. And I didn't really know what it was, and it's maybe many things that have lined up over the course of time. But he kind of had this question laid on my heart. Why are you so selfish? Why are you so selfish? And I knew that I had to address that. Because if I claim to be a follower of his, which I am, I was like, I got I to gotta fix whatever this is. And maybe today he's saying the same thing to you. Nah, I'm not selfish. We can talk ourselves out of that all day. But are you? Are you? Every human being starts out that way. I guarantee you there's a little selfishness living in each one of our hearts. How do we move it? From selfish to selfless. So what's the practical? At Downtown Harbor Church every single week we put this word on the screen. Because we wanna help you hear a message right where you're at on a Sunday and put it into practice in your life. We want you to hear a message on a Sunday and put it into practice on a Monday. So what's the practical? My practicals are gonna be really simple today. You've heard them all already but I think it's great to summarize them. Number one is give. I don't know what this looks like for your family. I don't know what this looks like for you personally. I don't know what this looks like for you related to organizations nor do I care. I just know that God calls us to be selfless by giving. By giving. I will tell you this. When I became a giver at a very young age, as I became an adult, I had no idea what it would do for my life. It is one of the very best things that I have ever, ever done. I cannot describe to you how God has blessed my heart and my life because of it. Number two is lean into your family. I don't know what this means for you, but as I said those things, potentially something hit your heart. Maybe it was related to your spouse. Maybe it was related to your children. Maybe it was related to your church. Whatever that looks like for you where you're at, lean into your family. And if you're not married yet and you blew that off, like, hey, I'm just dating, let me tell you something right now. You probably will be someday, so you should listen up, or you should go back and rewind that because I'm going to tell you, I've only learned from experience. Lean into your family. You have a happy family. You have a joyful family. You're, you've got a happy life. It's true. Lastly is volunteer. Where are you going to sign up to serve? Our community, our church, whatever this looks like right where we're at. What is, where are you going to use your gifts to serve? Find that place. As we look at these things, I just believe God is calling us to a moment in our lives where we have these moments of realization. We got to stand up. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to give. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to put a priority on my family. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to volunteer. I'm no longer going to be sitting down, putting one foot in front of the other. I'm going to stand up and make a difference. I'm going to do this and I'm going to learn to be selfless. And when you learn to be selfless, you just might end up truly happy. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. And self-control. There is no law against these things. Selfless. Happy. Just as I believe we were created to be. Allow me to pray. Father, in this moment, I know you're working through hearts and I know you're working through lives. And God, I just pray that you would surround this place with your peace and your grace and your restoration and your redemption. Would you infect our hearts this morning with your love? God, wherever we were convicted this morning about selfishness versus selflessness, I pray that you would just be present there. That you would help us to find the balance of what we need to change in our own lives. Jesus, you're moving through this room right now. We feel you, we embrace you. And we just pray that you would help each one of us make the proper decisions that we need to make. And God, we pray this all in Jesus' name.